Kevin, and howdy doody. We have Misa Mink, founder and chief doer at Driven Women. And Misa, thank you so much for being on our show. You're our first international guest. She's coming out of straight from London. And my first question to you, Misa, is what do you love most about us Americans? Oh, You ready? Yep. Uh, Tyler, are you ready? Let's go. All right. Time out. Tyler, who are we taking a time out with today? Well, thank you very much, Kevin. And howdy doody. We have Misa Mink, founder and chief doer at Driven Women. And Misa, thank you so much for being on our show. You're our first international guest. She's coming out of straight from London. And my first question to you, Misa, is what do you love most about us Americans? Oh, what a wonderful question. Fantastic. <laughs> well, you guys are so much fun. I used to spend a lot of time in Miami. Uh, actually, we had a place there for 10 years. So uh, I just, I still miss those days. I used to spend there a lot of time. And it's just so kind of, relaxed cool atmosphere and everybody's so super friendly so i do love the mindset of americans awesome and about we're talking about that mindset sometimes our music and our movies and uh things get get over to your neck of the woods there in the uk what is your favorite um type of music and and what is your maybe a favorite uh song that you like to sing well Thankfully, I don't really sing. I don't sing, not even in the shower. I mean, you, you would not like that. Oh. <laughs> but I, I have to say, I like all kinds of music which has power. So it ranges from heavy metal. I listen to a lot of rock and roll, um, opera. I also, I'm originally from Finland, so I listen to Finnish tango, which is super weird. <laughs> Honestly, and I, I love great pop music. So anything that has a real kind of real power and energy to it. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I definitely feel that. And music has a way to kind of bring people together. And, and that's why I always loved uh, Bob Marley myself, because he just talks about how music kind of breaks everything down and uh, gives us some similarities that we can all get behind and dance to. And going off the energy, Misa, where do you get your energy from? How do you start your mornings out? Well, um, I have a little routine. Um, so I like to eat healthy. Um, my breakfast is um, baked beans with uh, Worcester sauce. <laughs> wow very, in, the in the morning that's how you start your morning yeah, exactly. i'm not sure how my day would finish if i started Honestly, with that <laughs> kale and and some fried mushrooms Ooh. yeah i know and then peanut butter on uh, gluten-free toast Ooh, i'm a big I'm a sucker say, for peanut butter uh, too. i know my husband thinks i'm a bit weird but this is how <laughs> um, but before that i do a little bit of yoga um and journaling and then after breakfast i i take my dog for a, a long walk in the forest and i know you have a, a a set of twins and you mentioned your husband there and uh kind of uh, i want to get into that dynamic right so you spent some time in the united states and it's not uncommon that uh, males are traditionally the leaders in the household right i know i'm not sure if that's the part of the united states that you really liked about our culture but um that's changing now and i know this is something that you're very passionate about but 
What before we get into that, what is the one thing that you think your husband loves most about you? Right. Um, my energy. Perfect. I got that. You can totally feel that. So now we get into the fun stuff, but and and leading the change. And I I think I found you as a founder of uh, six companies. I think is what I had you at. Um, so you're constantly that you're you're applying this energy. And I, it looked like each time you were kind of chasing your passion, um, but now you've ended up at uh, Driven Woman. Um, what is Driven Woman and why did you start it? Driven Woman is an empowering platform and community for women uh, who want to achieve their goals and their dreams. So really who want to go after something maybe a bit more meaningful than just the paycheck um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they want to start a company. It can be anything. It can be writing a book. It can be um, something they're really passionate about work at, at work or, or getting to the next level or whatever it is that kind of lights them up. Really kind of uh, women who want to connect to their drive and find that kind of flow of energy and life within them. So um, it's it's a, like a framework that helps you to be on that journey because uh, we all know that it, it's, it's, we can have all ideas and goals and, and then, you know, everyday life happens and there's so many demands put on, you know, on us, on us as humans, but especially as, as women um, that uh, we get bombarded with requests um, at home, in the office, and it's very easy to lose yourself. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's very difficult to stay on the journey to create something bigger, something more meaningful. And that's what Driven Woman is all about, helping you to stay on that journey and to really figure out what it is, uh, what it is that um, you're looking for. What is that kind of bigger life mm -hmm. that you want to create for yourself? Well, that, so that's, uh, that's what Driven Woman is all about. That's so important. And I know you talk about kind of the taking the first steps, right? We, we talk about change. We talk about stepping outside our comfort zone, but taking some of those first steps and you mentioned it, I mean, women, especially here in the United States, traditionally they get home, it's they're on baby duty at that point. And then they're making dinner and then their husband gets home from dinner or uh, work. But um, taking those first steps, how do you, I guess, instruct or where do you think that the, how can women kind of take some time for themselves? Like, I, I assume that that's probably one of the first steps, but what are the initial steps that women can start to take to connect to that drive and that purpose and, and really where they're trying to connect to their energy? I think where very often we make things way too complex. And sometimes I almost encourage people not to think about those goals and dreams that much because it kind of, it can feel like, oh my God, it's so out of reach. You know, I want to start this business or write this book or whatever. And it feels like, as you said, you know, there's like, you know, I have a baby to feed and I have, you know, laundry to do and all of that. How can I ever? And then kind of the inner chat starts and it all fizzles out. It's like you block it out because it's so far away. What's the point? You know, I'll never get there. You know, it's a huge journey. How can I? And and then you just kind of talk yourself out of it before you have even taken that first step. So I think really the key is to be really kind to yourself. And each day, just create a little bit more space. It could be 15 minutes. It could be half an hour. It could be just reading a little bit of that book that helps you to get an idea or 
you know, understand yourself better, maybe just 15 minutes before going to bed, just give yourself that little space to, to grow, to become more aware. It's really about daily small steps rather than some massive one day, I'm going to do it all and take this huge leap and, you know, then I will have the resources and the time and then it's all going to happen because it's, then it never happens. So it's really about creating a little bit of space every day as much as you can. If it's 15 minutes, is it two hours? Whatever it is that you can do right now. Mm-hmm. Something, something my wife said to me the other day, because uh, we just had a child ourselves and I'm definitely trying to pull my weight as a father. The full 50-50 thing is definitely, no, she'll probably debate you. So, so I'm here saying 50-50. She's probably saying, nah, it's more like 75-25. But I'm trying, Misa, I promise. Um, but we talk about kind of these um, expectations that women are under. Um, and, and sometimes uh, chasing that career or chasing that dream, um, you guys are constantly having to put that aside um, for years. Uh, but, and my wife said something very that moved me. And she said that she doesn't want to only define herself as a mother. Can you talk about how kind of fighting those expectations on a daily basis on how they can set their minds um, so they can really unlock what you're doing and, and how they can really help find themselves as who they are without a child, without a husband? who they really are as just a person or an individual? Um, that is a very, very important, interesting question. And um, thank you, by the way, for creating that space for your, for your wife, because that, that's a big role that men uh, can play is to you know, create a little bit more space. And of course, when, when children are small, it's, it's more difficult. And uh, I think everything comes down to accepting that it's a journey and also taking responsibility really committing to the journey um and i remember when so i have twin boys they're now 12 and uh, even though i've always been like my own person and i was never going to be changed by motherhood and all of that <laughs> was like i will be the last person who is going <laughs> to kind of fall into that pit and you know disappear with cupcakes and whatnot there i was i was in that pit like everybody else i was like what happened but of course i started to crawl out little by little but looking back it's like it really kind of the society really brainwashes you Mm -hmm. to believe that you have to go to every a parent teacher evening and you have to bake those cupcakes and you, you know, like da, 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 the list is endless. So unless you want to become aware and change that mindset, there's nothing anybody else can do for you. Nobody else can kind of slap you out of that. (laughs) That, uh, So it has to come from you. It has to come from within. And then after that, I think it's very much about surrounding yourself with people who are on that journey because if you surround yourself with people who constantly talk you in back into the pit you know it's Mm -hmm. really hard so you have to find podcasts and you have to find you know role models and you have to find friends and cheerleaders other women who want to define themselves also as mothers, it's not about denying that you're a mother. It's a very important ingredient of being a woman. Mm-hmm. But then it's not the only ingredient. Then not, 
you know, forgetting what you used to love before you had babies and, and who you are and, and being on that journey of becoming a really a whole woman. And mm-hmm. motherhood is, is one part and being a wife is another or, or partner or girlfriend or, um, or whatever the situation is. But, but it's just uh, one piece of the puzzle, not the whole puzzle. Mm-hmm. Golly, Misa, I don't know if I, if I can even put this into the right words right now. But to me, you're doing, how do I even say this? You're doing like the most important, most impactful, purposeful assignment there is to life. And, and the most scared I am of, I mean, if someone asks Tyler what, what's, what's out there even more, I get a little scared, Misa. I'm afraid to really tell you my dream. You know, and I couldn't imagine being a woman, much less, um, and taking that path. And how did you come up with this idea? to help women for the most important, purposeful, whatever this is called uh, in the world to me. Like, how did you come up with this? Well, it was a little bit of a existential crisis. I was trying to figure out <laughs> kind of who I am. It was in okay. climbing out of that pit. So um, before I had babies, I had a very successful design business. Um, about uh, branding and design business. Um, so, and then I left that. And after that, I was, I got involved with all sorts of startups and, and angel investing and, and consulting and this and that. I was like doing lots of things. And I was really panicking because I was so scared that I'll, you know, stay in that pit. Mm-hmm. And I was actually quite stressed out um, and maybe could have relaxed a little bit and enjoyed more of, I mean, it was good that I had twins. I <laughs> put some brakes on everything real quick. Out. Yeah. I was so exhausted by the whole experience for, it took me one and a half years physically to recover. Um, so I had to slow down. I had to calm down, which was very difficult. And I wish I did it, you know, a little bit better and wasn't panicking so much. Um, so I was exploring absolutely everything. And then kind of nothing that was going was really it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, uh, one day I just basically, um, I had developed this tool because my background is branding and brand strategy and all that. And at the time I was looking into starting a, a personal branding agency. So helping celebrities brand themselves and, and you know, uh, do all that. So I had developed a couple of tools for that. And that idea wasn't going forward at all. And I thought, okay, universe is trying to tell me something here. And then I was like, okay, let's take my own medicine. So what would I do if I was the brand, if I was the celebrity, what would I create? So what would be my purpose and my mission? So I was always hiding behind somebody else's brand, but I was like, okay, what would you, what would I do? And I remember it was a very scary moment when I put all my you know, what I'm good at, my talents, my really, my passions, I wrote everything down on this, you know, doing this exercise, which is now one of the core exercises at Driven Woman. Um, and also my values uh, and things about my personality. And I was like, oh my God, when this idea came, I still get goosebumps because it was scary because once you really hit home who you are and you start to do something based on that, that's much more scary than, 
you know, working for somebody else or doing something for somebody else where you can always be like behind mm -hmm. the scenes, mm -hmm. but putting yourself, oh, yeah. your neck on the line. Oh my God, that was scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, one of the things that you talked about is finding who I was. Um, and, and I think that's really important today because I think with the, what we're seeing in, in corporate America or, or just business in general is a lot of help wanted signs. We're seeing almost this, this clear disconnect between what people are wanting out of work and what work wants out of their people. Um, and seemingly the DE&I conversation has been thrusted kind of to the forefront of really building a, a sound um, fundamental pillars, let's say, of building a culture. Can you talk about some of the work that you have seen and are doing today to really help leaders? And some of these are female leaders, too, that are, are obviously reporting to maybe some male-dominated boards on how they can really drive that equity conversation and really how they can, can start to take the steps necessary in their own lives to be the leaders of their own, let's say, purpose of unlocking equity for women. Um, I think there is a lot of goodwill, um, and most companies really genuinely want to do really well, and they want to improve, and they understand the reasons behind it. But um, the work has not been um, embedded in deeper values, and the values conversation hasn't been had in most companies. So it's still based on um, very masculine value proposition mm -hmm. and masculine strategy uh, in terms of how you get ahead. Mm -hmm. So they want women in these positions, but if the values are based on, com you know, competitiveness, assertiveness, you know, who's the loudest, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. uh, then you expect women to turn those masculine traits on and then they can achieve then they can have that whereas the chains i'm hoping to see in the world and maybe what dream of woman is facilitating within an individual um, and with women collectively is to finding that feminine voice and finding those feminine values and and finding the success that kind of fits more closely with who we were before we had to adapt into the kind of the masculine success scenario. So none is right or wrong. It's just lopsided at the moment. You need assertiveness and you need a little bit of competitiveness, but unless you sprinkle it with, with kindness and collaboration and, and co-creation and, and nurturing and, you know, the vulnerability Empathy, yeah. then it's just gonna go all like this uh it's gonna go the wrong way so what i'm calling for in companies whether the leaders are men or women because women are sometimes the greatest barriers to um applying the feminine values because it's we were taught that this is the way to success and then you get there and it's like oh gosh i don't want you know like then they are the gatekeepers sometimes um it, so i don't see it as much as uh, men woman issue i see it much more values issue 
what kind of values are um, driven by the company, you know, who are being promoted, the, the loudest ones uh, and the fastest ones or the collaborators, the, the nurturers, the, you know, and of course it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. So, um, and in order to change this, it's very hard because not only do you have to do the values um, exploration on an individual level, but also collectively. And then when you come to these kind of daily crush points where your values have been challenged, mm -hmm. because that's what this is all about, is are you going to stand in that circle of fire mm -hmm. when you are being challenged? Yeah. Do you have the presence and the courage to put your hand up and call it what it is? Or are you going to look away? Mm -hmm. And most people still, I see a lot of people looking away, looking the other way when something is happening or um, pretending that they don't see something, that these values have, are being violated. So they talk one thing, but when there's time to action, then it doesn't happen. I, I, I'm so happy you bring that up because I think it takes like courage or leadership, right? And, and sometimes it's um, standing up to protect those values. And, and, and that's why I always say to all companies that I get to talk to and, and HR leaders, I mean, they put it up on the mission, vision and value statements of these organizations. But when you come in and they're not protecting those values or they're watching, like you said, who gets promoted, that tells you what the, what the values are right there. Who got promoted? Were they the loudest? Were they the ones cutting corners? Were they the ones coming in late and, 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 and going home early? That tells you what the motivators are. And then other people are, are we're human, right? We, we're, we're, we're nature over nurture or nurture over nature, whatever it will be. And I think the, the, you just raised a, a lot of points that sometimes it's, it's, it's really stepping out and being a leader and having that confidence that you are doing the right thing. Um, and, and I know we talked about like un unconscious bias and, and you shared something recently um, that I found fascinating about the training. Um, that was immediately what a lot of corporations started doing is talking about unconscious bias. But the, the article read that only 10% of them actually had anything as far as a uh, gr groundwork or framework to actually drive change, right? To start changing those preconceived notions that we have um, and making us aware of them, but also strategies on how to change that. That's probably a lot of the work that you're doing too in Driven Woman, I would assume. What are some of, how do you drive that change, whether it's in ourselves, whether it's as a collaborative environment, like, like Driven Woman is as well? How do you, how do we make that change and how do we continue to, to see progressive change moving forward? So um, I'd like to quote Eleanor Roosevelt here. Uh, she said that nobody can make you feel inferior without your own consent. And what we do and what I believe is the fastest way to tackle unconscious bias is to equip women with uh, more confidence and boundaries. Because you can't make me feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. because I'm comfortable with myself. Mm -hmm. So as long as we it's kind of turning the tables. It's more fashionable to kind of point fingers at men and you know, you, you doing this and da, 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 and why don't you see this? And that. of course, that's also important work, but it's really hard. I mean, people have been raised, you know, it's, it's, it's really, you need to reprogram uh, those neural pathways. 
and uh, that's uh, that's a lot of effort and motivation. And I don't know if the motivation is always there on the individual level, but for women, the motivation should be there because you can change it for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's not as popular because that means that we have to take responsibility for something that we didn't create. Correct. And I think this is a this is a big theme that I see across not just uh, across women's issues or equality, but um, I don't know if you noticed. I'm also uh, um, I'm doing work on the environmental activism side and. I started an NGO um, to protect um, Europe's biggest, fourth biggest lake against mining. And I see exactly the same thing happening there. So it's, um, it's kind of, it's easier to blame, you know, lawmakers and this and that, rather than each individual taking responsibility of the collective change. Mm-hmm. So we are coming out of a very linear um structure where you know there's a couple of leaders you know there's a big boss who kind of decides on everything right mm-hmm. and then it trickles down so we are kind of waiting for those those instructions and we're sitting there nice girls uh, <laughs> but that's all breaking down so everything is becoming more you know multicultural multi everything and it's going into much small, smaller units and everybody will have to take responsibility of kind of their own being and their own boundaries and their own uh, courage and their own journey and their own passion and purpose and, you know, figuring out who they are and, and, and then showing up. And then there's no unconscious bias because then it's like, okay, sorry, I'm not taking that BS. Mm-hmm. And that allows then men to change. Mm-hmm. Because there is an interesting thing that has happened because we've because women have been taking this role of oh I'm so helpless here and you know you need to sort me out I don't really know what I need to do and you know better than me right it's a huge burden for men mm-hmm. you guys have to carry all those decisions and protect and all that we don't need that protection we can figure it out for ourselves and then you can it's we take the load off your off your shoulders when we start standing on our own feet so i think it's there is an energy change that happens when we do that and then the unconscious bias is going to go away mm-hmm. it's a little bit unconf- con- <laughs> unconventional way to look at it and it's not very popular uh but hey, hey this is how i see it <laughs> you are awesome so get rid of the self-pity maybe and uh you know make your own create your own responsibility is what i'm hearing and sorry about my phone keeps overheating it's 73 <laughs> degrees of- oh wow I don't know what's going on yeah hot 73 well misa i wanted to ask you you know who are a few of your mentors that you, you, you kind of followed your whole life to get to where you are so i I'm a keen follower of people I just find. I'm inspired by authors and leaders. And um, I mean, of course, earlier in my career, um, I would I had some really influential bosses. Um, but I would say later on, it's more like um, I'm, I'm inspired by people who are leading or talking 
uh, with integrity. So, and who have a very clear mission or message and who then stand behind it. You know, who can stand in that and take the hits or, you know, who are not afraid to keep just expressing what, what they are all about. So um, from authors, which are people who inspire me right now, um, maybe because I'm in very much in this more maybe um, activist mode, right? Um, so female authors like Elizabeth Gilbert or uh, Glennon Dole, who are very much about um, being unapologetic, um, like really letting letting your life force um, take you and um, express, you know, your journey uh, without apologies. So um, they they're really at the moment that come to come to mind. Um, I love Simon uh, Sinek, uh, Start With Why. Mm -hmm. um, who else should I pick? Deepak Chopra inspires me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's at the moment more thought leaders as opposed to uh, people who built some massive multi-billion companies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, where where you find where you find that wisdom. One of the, one of the things that you were talking about earlier is multi multi everything, right? We talk about multi generations, right? I see women. Um, you talked about some of the women that you look up to, or authors, or thought leaders. Um, it can be challenging, right, right now, um, because of the amount of social influence I think that we see on a lot of the social media channels. Um, it's not always it's these women, and I give them a lot of credit, but. My God, uh, you're not, they don't even look like the same person once they're done applying their makeup, right? And they're creating this almost like this false reality of, of, of perfect life. And now we're kind of seeing what happens in the younger generations. And the Wall Street Journal kind of just did a blazing report on Facebook that they know about these problems and the algorithms, the way that they're created is only uh, exacerbating the, the, the problem. What would you tell the younger generation of women of who they're choosing as role models, what they're looking as important? What are you telling the younger generation now that you've kind of had this revolution of your own, Misa? Um, what would you, how are you instructing, I guess, the younger generation of females to really become these bright, vibrant women who are not afraid uh, to, to, to lead others and, and really start uh, kind of down this path that you're encouraging them to do? I remember when I was young, I was, I was super insecure and all the looks and everything was super, super important for me. So I, you know, it's, I think it's part of growing up mm -hmm. and I don't think there is anything, anything wrong with that as you, you know, mm -hmm. um, some, some people are born more ready than others. And if we're not, it's our, our job to, you know, get a little bit readier. Mm -hmm. doing this generation and and pass on less crap to to our children <laughs> yes so i think you know i always look at it with great compassion and personally i just stay away from that sort of very egoistic uh presentation so again i come back to back to the fact that you have to choose you have to choose your peers uh, you have to choose your cheerleaders, whether it's uh, with social media accounts you follow. So if you surround yourself with perfection, um, 
you start to believe that that's reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I'm kind of I'm kind of really compassionate about the whole human journey. So you know we are all where we are meant to be right now. So if you are in that, there's no blame, there's no shame. Uh, but what I would say is just that everybody would become more curious and you know challenge their own journey just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because if you challenge your journey, if you do something outside your comfort zone and you go after the things that you think you can't go, you will have great gifts such as failure, falling on your face, complete breakdown, you know, everything you thought was true is not, um, losing all your money, you know, all sorts of wonderful gifts will come your way. But little (laughs) by little that will break that ego, you know, mask and shell, and then you start to come out as who you really are. But you, it's hard to do without those those uncomfortable <laughs> situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but they are really gifts hmm. because every time that happens, every time, you know, there's a breakdown, mm-hmm. something brighter will come out mm-hmm. after that. And I would just tell, I just saw this today actually on social media. Um, and I, I must share this with you. Hold on. Uh, so that I, I quote it correctly. <laughs> I thought this was brilliant. So hold on. If you fall, I'll be there. Ground. So quote <laughs> from the ground. If you fall, I'll be there. Yes. Love it. <laughs> that ground. is perfect. Awesome. <laughs> the, you know, you'll always hit the ground. Yeah. There's Isn't something... it wonderful knowing that the ground is always there? To catch you, that it's comforting that to know that you you're not going to fall into the abyss or off the earth. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I think you you called them gifts, right? I think people view failure as failure, right? Uh, and how do you? I, I guess when you failed or have failed in the past, how do you see the silver lining and how do you grow from failure? So what I've learned, I used to when I was going into failure and I go regularly, you know, it's a cycle Mm -hmm. and it's also a cycle that we've forgotten because we've forgotten that life is a cycle. You know, we have the seasons Mm -hmm. and winter is dying. We are meant to be dying and failing regularly. There's meant to be this renewal process. Um, Everything in nature does that, you know, the moon, it's dark. You can't see it just when it's, it's the new moon it's gone. You are supposed to be gone regularly. So when I go to these renewal phases, I used to try to jump out as quickly as possible and find the silver lining and, 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 and scrape something together and look like, oh, I'm still here. And until I learned to, I, I kind of, I kept repeating, you know, you, you can get out so much more out of these cycles if you allow yourself to be in that dark place, Mm -hmm. in that renewal place. Mm -hmm. And now when the the kind of the darkness comes, when the failure comes or the time to renew, I just sit there. I don't try to find a a silver lining. I don't try to, you know, scrape something together. I'm just there and I'm just like, okay, 
and it could be days, it could be weeks, it could be sometimes months. And I know that something will appear later on if I just uh, let all the gifts of not knowing come. Hmm. Because you can only learn when you are in that dark place. Once you're going fast, I go very fast. When I go, I go fast. Mm. I learn nothing when I'm going fast. <laughs> I only learn when I crash and land. So, um, yeah, so that, that kind of works for me. Mm-hmm. I don't resist it anymore. <laughs> and I guess for awesome. me, the journey is all about finding my really true potential, like the biggest possible potential, how I can with most ease have the greatest impact on the planet. <laughs> Love that. Golly. You're on fire, Misa. And I was going to ask you, uh, so you, you keep talking about your environment that you put yourself in, um, uh, surrounding yeah. your people, you know, around the positive people. Who do you, who do you surround yourself with today? And, and how is it different than who you used to surround yourself with? So now it's really important for me that I surround myself with people who are also on this kind of, it's very raw, this journey I'm on. Because most people don't want to be in these dark places and they don't really, you know, they they care more about the shiny Facebook account or Instagram account than actually what's happening. So I surround myself with other people who are, you know, there's a lot of coaches, there's, there's authors, there's, um, you know, people who are creating something bigger than themselves, people who have an opinion, people who are ready to put themselves put their neck on the line, who absolutely show up with integrity. Um, Yeah, so, and I have to say now with all these COVIDs and lockdowns and stuff, I really struggled that I can't be in the same space. It's great, you know, I have regular uh, Zoom meetings with, um, we have a, like every second week schedule with some of my, you know, core, um female friend creators so that we you know we stay in this in this flow and we learn from each other um but that's not enough because something special happened when we are in the same space physically um so i'm starting to organize organize dog walks and things like that <laughs> we're getting creative with the pandemic and yeah so, I- so zooms and teams is not enough you need to get into the same space and same energy um somehow with people that um are on the similar journey where do you want to see i guess equity where do you want to see this conversation the same conversation if we were to sit down you tyler and myself misa uh, again in in 10 years where where do you want what kind of conversation do you want to have with us at that point in time about what's going on in the world for women and where are women at that point i want to see women showing up in meetings and putting the hand up <laughs> i want them to share their genuine ideas and be really excited about them. (laughs) And I want them to be not afraid that somebody's gonna laugh at them or somebody's not gonna give them the budget or somebody's not gonna support them or that somebody's gonna, you know, talk over them or, you know, I want to see none of that. I want to see women really celebrating who they are and what they have to offer. That's (laughs) what I wanna see. 
What book have you read that I missed out on, Misa? <laughs> one that I haven't written yet. <laughs> I'm in well, a if you could write a book, what, what, would you, what would you title your book that you're, you need to write for us? Yeah, so I'm, I'm writing it. I, um, I got, it got kind of disrupted by this whole COVID. So it's called The Feminine Way. I find it always interesting, right? When, and I think that I will definitely get my sister, my wife, my mother, that book when it does come out. And, and I'll probably read it myself because I think a lot of this information is the same information that you could say about some passive people, uh, men even, um, that Absolutely. sometimes are afraid Absolutely. to speak up in a meeting and share their opinion because they're afraid of the reaction in the room. And I think a lot of it is uh, we're all finding ourselves, we're finding who we are during the pandemic. Um, most. Um, and I think that's where people are kind of coming to this realization that we might want to look at work similarly how you guys do in the, in the UK and the EU. Um, and I think that we're, we're starting to down this journey that you put it. And I love that. One of the points that I wanted to bring up is um, you, we, I always am interested to learn how people define success, right? What does Misa Mink want to be remembered for? Um, when it's all said and done, like what is what is that fundamental thing that you want to be remembered for out of all your accolades, out of all the businesses that you started, out of all the lives that you've obviously touched at Driven Woman? What do you want to be remembered for? Um, I want to uh, keep, give people a space where they have courage to express who they are and say their opinion. Hmm. So, um, yeah, and then Driven One probably evolves. My journey will evolve. I will write other books. Uh, my activism uh, will evolve. But what I do is I create a space where people feel that they have something to give. <laughs> and I, I hope I can do that um, and give that gift uh, or space. I wouldn't say gift because I don't believe in gurus. I don't believe that somebody can, you know, you need teachers and you need to pick ideas from and, and stuff, but everybody is their own guru. Everybody, you know, everybody has the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. They just don't want to know mm -hmm. because knowing is bloody scary. So, if I'm remembered for something, I hope it is that I created a space where people came and they were able to know what they know. Powerful. So I pointed them to that direction and they went and they knew and then they put their hand up. I, can, I would imagine the world would be a lot, lot different of a place right now. Well, we need that. It's, yeah. it's urgent. It's bloody urgent. So it's really interesting to see on the uh, environmental side because people are scared. People are scared to say, you know, in a dinner conversation that, you know, I don't think we should have mines on Lake Saima because they don't want to be labeled this or labeled that. But it's like, hey, we have no time. If we ruin that lake, you know, I don't care how your dinner conversation looks like. No. You see what I mean? Oh yeah. It's Wrong. bloody climate crisis. 
we don't have time to think, oh, do I have courage to put my hand up in a meeting and, and, and have this awesome idea that I want to share, which will be really beneficial. We have no time. Mm -hmm. We need people to show up. Mm -hmm. We need people to really be genuinely there for their own knowing and stop the BS and stop looking away. Mm -hmm. So I hope I can be part of accelerating that process. Hmm. Golly. Well, I think you are, Misa, in, in my opinion over here, up in Rochester, New York. And I was going to ask you, so I saw, I've seen that you've uh, probably heard thousands and thousands of intimate stories that women have shared with you. Can you yeah. share with us the most impactful story of all time in Misa Mink's career uh, within the, these thousands and thousands of stories, or is it going to be in your book? Okay, I'm going to share one thing, which is... <clears throat> which is a massively impactful and will be massively kind of this ripple effect sort of story. So this one lady, she came to Druva Woman um, and this was when there were still some live, live, this was before all of this lockdown stuff where people met in rooms. <laughs> <clears throat> How weird is that? <laughs> and uh, uh, she had basically been carrying a dream, an idea for eight years in her heart. But of course, her idea for a business was so big that who was she to share it or to do anything with it? So her idea was to start a platform like LinkedIn that would connect charities, companies and individuals. So charities looking for money or contributions, companies wanting to um, you know, support charities and do their part and, you know, tick the box uh, in the annual report and, and also individuals who want to donate or uh, time or money or clothes, but not. So basically this kind of platform and, but what can you do? You're just a blonde, you have no tech background, nothing. So what she did, she kept herself very busy with other startups and things and ideas because you know, it would never happen, right? Then she came to Driven Woman and we have an exercise called the dream I don't dare to tell mm. because that's your most powerful dream, right? We want to keep that as deeply hidden as possible. We never want to tell that thing to anybody. Mm. It's so shameful if we share it because what if it doesn't happen? So that's the real gem and people spend all their lives hiding it all the energy is spent to keep it tucked under wraps. So, uh, but not that driven woman. So she was like, okay, everybody else is sharing uh, or whatever. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll share. So she uh, said like, okay, this is my idea. And then everybody was like, okay, what's the smallest step you can take without taking any risks right now? Okay, what can I do? Right, she was like, okay, well, I guess I could do like a hand video like explain it on a video, my idea, doesn't cost me anything. I guess I could send it to a couple of people, right? So mm -hmm. she did. She, she's, you know, fast forward 18 months, she was fully funded. She's now raised, I don't know, half a million. Uh, it's called whatsimpact.com. I mean, she's on fire and that is gonna be a huge thing. It's gonna be the LinkedIn for charitable activities. 
I tell you, it's going to be the one that you, you, she's going to be on the cover of the Ink magazine. I tell you this. And it's because she shared her idea in the Drivama meeting and unleashed what she really wanted to do and stop bullshitting herself. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think we all could take a <laughs> take a page out of that story and really relate. Woo! That's 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 something that's powerful. You have no idea what what hidden gems or uh, great ideas are hiding out there just because we don't have the courage to to share it. And exactly. I love the fact that the dream that I would never tell anyone, like because I th- I, I can think of probably several that I've had that I I don't even think I've ever told. Um, but it's it's almost like the fear of failing. But then you said failure is the greatest opportunity, right? And don't be afraid of not knowing. And, and, and because there's always the ground is there to pick you up at the end of the day. Yes. Misa, this has been awesome. Um, I have loved every single second of this conversation yes. with you. And I just want to thank you for being bold and being different and going against the grain. You know, it's, it, it's easy to swim with the minnows in that school of fish. But be that bold uh, Nemo and and swim the opposite direction and watch the ripples that you can create. I think that's so powerful. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Now, to kind of give a selfish plug, if if any women in our audience are interested in kind of connecting with you and learning more about Driven Woman, what's the best way that they can learn more about this and connect with you? So I'm super easy to find uh, through all socials. So that's me, Zemink, on all platforms. And I would encourage people to uh, join Driven Woman. So we have an awesome online community um, and uh, a library of these Driven Woman exercises. And once a month we do live calls where we, you know, really show up and we commit to five steps, small steps, and we constantly move forward. So it is this framework that keeps you going. And it's the community that you have to surround yourself with if you want to move forward. So that's dreamerwoman.com and um, it's 14 days uh, free trial. Mm. So um, well, everybody should, everybody should sign uh, up and go and do some of these exercises. They are there right there. You can just do them right now. Um, and that's by the way, something that um, separates the doers from the thinkers is mm. If you are in that space and you're like, oh my God, oh, this is really awesome. Oh, I, I, I should, I should. It's like, mm-hmm. go do it, go do it now. Mm-hmm. Because those who show up straight away and put things action straight away rather than think, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where it all, all falls apart. So the sooner you do it, the better. So if you're committed to your journey, um, go and check it out and do a couple of these exercises, completely free. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And thank you again for all the wisdom that you shared with us, because uh, there's probably some great ideas hiding out there and some future leaders uh, and women leaders that can really change the world. And I know you're looking to change the world one conversation um, at a time. So thank you again, Misa, so much and uh, pleasure to meet you. And uh, everybody stop back next week for another guest on Time Out with Leaders. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Tyler. It's been such a pleasure.